something, Mr. Schubert. Sounds like an engine repair. What direction? I can't make it out. Seems like it's all around us. Can't you hear it? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hey, welcome to uh, another episode of Super Powered Fancast. This is Darren. Uh, this is episode 35, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and get right into it because there's a lot of stuff that happened this week, and I, I want to talk about as much of it as I can. Um, but, I mean, if you're watching this, you're geek, so you know a lot of this stuff. But I'm just going to just uh, talk about my, my thoughts on a lot of the, uh, the geek news that has been uh, happening this week, and there has been... A lot of it, uh, starting with um, the tr first trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Now, I am I've been a huge fan of uh, the Jurassic Park series literally since the original Michael Crichton novel. And it looks like uh, this movie's going to take that formula and not well, going to take the formula and actually kind of change it a little bit, which is going to be interesting. So instead of. Um, you know, uh, Chris Pratt and company, um, you know, trying to escape from, uh, the dinosaurs and, uh, trying to escape from, uh, the, the, uh, the island. Uh, it looks like they're proactively in this film going to rescue dinosaurs on a specific island. And it looks like the fallen kingdom is this island that probably was, uh, purchased by InGen and that they didn't know that it had an active volcano on it when they put up their facility. But it looks like uh, they're going in to, to rescue these animals. And what's even more interesting is that it looks like uh, this movie not only is going to bring back um, B.D. Wong's character uh, from the original, and he was in uh, Jurassic World, but they're bringing back uh, Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun. Cause I mean, you want to see, I want to see how he's progressed over the years, how he's changed, how his philosophy has changed. Like, why would he go back to another Island? This being like his, his third trip uh, to, um, to an Island full of dinosaurs. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. Now, Jurassic world fallen kingdom uh, is expected to be released uh, June 22nd, 2018. So, I definitely have it marked on my calendar as, as something I'm going to see. Now, the next story is, is almost pretty much a no-brainer. Um, Netflix has renewed uh, Stranger Things for season three. I mean, honestly, is there anyone who didn't think this was going to happen? Because I, I would really love to hear from you. If you actually thought that there was a way that Netflix was not going to renew Stranger Things, then tweet me at superpowered fan. Like you can literally see it like right here, opposite, opposite, right there, right there. You can see like at superpowered fan, tweet me, email me, um, superpowered fancast at gmail.com. And, and give me your reasons why you thought that, um, there would be no, uh, season three of stranger things. I mean, the end of every season, they, they leave, uh, some great mysteries to follow and to keep you interested until the next season. So I'm, I'm definitely on board. 
So the next thing I want to talk about is the Walt Disney Company. Now we know the Walt Disney Company owns um, owns Marvel, and uh, that the uh, 21st Century Fox Company owns uh, X Men and Fantastic Four. So it looks like, and uh, according to most of the reports out there, and, and ones that I've written, ones that I've read, in a lot of uh, a lot of publications, it looks like uh, these two companies may be getting together. Like uh, it looks, it's. I mean, that's that's kind of uh, you know specious terminology. It looks like the Disney company is going to buy uh, the majority of 21st Century Fox. Like they're going to buy the majority of their media assets, including uh, the studio and television assets. And it's reported that the deal is going to be about is going to be around uh, sixty billion dollars in stock. So it's it's not necessarily something that they have to you know pay cash on hand, but it's going to be. I mean, I, I don't want to keep saying it's going to be interesting, but it is interesting. I mean, it's. It is interesting in the sense that if this deal goes through, what does it mean for for us as fans? What does it mean for uh, the the Fox uh, Marvel uh, movies? What does it mean for the X Men? What does it mean for Deadpool? I mean, what does it mean for all the plans that uh, Simon Kinberg and the rest of the guys over there have made for their Marvel universe? Does that when that comes under the umbrella of Disney, do they do they step in or do they let that plan play out and then see how they can add to it uh, down the road? Now, if they were smart, I would go ahead and just kind of let them uh, let them lay out the plan that they have, let them work it. Now, there's been there've been issues, and I'll be the first one to admit that I've had some I've had a lot of issues with um fox's handling of the x-men just because it's it's you know it's one always it's been one of my favorite comic book series since i was a kid growing up in the 80s like i i love the x-men so i I, i'm a little protective so if anything you know i i would want them to leave um leave deadpool alone the reason Deadpool worked the first time was because Fox didn't want to make it in the first place. They gave him like a little bit of money and said, do whatever the hell you want. And when it was a success, they kind of, they kind of stepped off a little bit, but you know how studios are. They couldn't stay away for too long. But if, if Disney is smart, They'll kind of spin those. They'll spin those movies off and let them keep doing what they're doing. The worst thing you could do to Deadpool is make him PG thirteen, especially after you, you established not one but two hard R rated films. Like just let them be what they are. Um, they're gonna get you the audience. They're gonna get you the box office. So just just let them be. So the next bit of news and speaking of Fox. It looks like um, the Freddie Mercury biopic, uh, Queen frontman uh, Freddie Mercury's biopic, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, is on hold at this point because Fox has fired director Brian Singer. Now, this is actually kind of um, feeds into the into the Fox and X Men thing. As you know, if you know who Brian Singer is, you know Brian Singer uh, directed um, 
the first X-Men, he directed X2, directed X-Men uh, Days of Future Past, directed X-Men Apocalypse, uh, he directed the premiere, uh, the, the pilot episode of Legion. So um, he has, he's had his, um, his hands in the, in the X-Men pot for a long time. And it looks like the relationship with Fox not only has ended with, as far as with the, the Freddie Mercury film, but according to reports, um, Singer has moved, is closing up his offices on the Fox lot. So this might be the end of that entire relationship. Uh, we don't know. But um, they've, the studio said that they're going to announce a new director um, soon. From the last reports that I read and from the last report I wrote and all the information I had, it looked like the production had maybe two more weeks of uh, principal photography left. So that's like two more weeks of active filming. So they can bring in a director to just kind of uh, finish that out. I don't know what the uh, what the DGA rules on that are going to be. I don't know if the D- Directors Guild are going to... Uh, you know, credit it to the new director or credit it to Singer as he's, you know, shot the majority of the film. I don't work in the industry, so I don't particularly know. But if a director does, please let me know. Like like before, uh, you can tweet me at SuperpoweredFan or uh, email me at uh, SuperpoweredFanCast, SuperpoweredFanCast at gmail.com. So uh, please let me know. I, I really would like to. So, uh, the next piece of news is, is one that I'm a little, uh, I'm a little on the fence about. I actually, of all the things I didn't particularly like about Suicide Squad, the one thing I did like above everything else was Margot Robbie. I thought she was amazing as Harley Quinn. I thought, um, I thought she did things with the character that actually transcended what, she, what Harley was originally, which is just kind of, you know, Joker's mall joker's uh sidekick and i thought she did a great job so when they announced that she was going to be in in suicide squad 2 i absolutely understand it apparently you know it's one of the things with dc uh, i love dc i'm a huge dc fanboy and it seems like and uh, in the comics it seems like they're uh they're just kind of making a lot of uh harley quinn stories and putting harley quinn kind of in everything or having her on the periphery of everything, but it looks like, um, not only will there, will, uh, Robbie return as, uh, as Harley in the sequel to suicide squad, but also that she'll be in Gotham city sirens. Um, and she'll also be in a Harley slash Joker, um, slash Joker, uh, film. And, uh, what was announced this week is that Robbie is working on a fourth, uh, Harley Quinn, uh, Harley Quinn based movie. And this would be like a, a Harley Quinn, uh, solo film. This, in addition to, uh, the DC comic streaming service going to have an animated Harley Quinn series, which, uh, the prevailing rumor is, is that Robbie will provide the voice for. So, you know, as much as I enjoyed her character, it's in, I worry that it's going to be a little bit of a an oversaturation. There's going to be too much Harley Quinn, and you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully they find a balance in that because I, I I like the character, I like her portrayal, and I would like to see it done well 
and but not to the point. Of, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I don't need it to be a, a, a Logan scenario where you have Wolverine in every X-Men movie or you, or what they're doing, what they're kind of doing now, which is having mystique in every X-Men thing. So with the exception of Deadpool. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, the uh, next bit of news is uh, again something something that appeals to to me as a as a child of the '80s with my my Ghostbusters uh, kind of '80s style T-shirt on. Um, one of the things that I loved when I was a kid was uh, Masters of the Universe. I loved the uh, loved the series. Had all the toys. I absolutely know that they only made the series to sell me the toys. I am not a, I am not a fool. I wasn't a fool back then. But it was fun as hell, and it looks like they're going to. Uh, they're they're really uh, Sony's really uh, going full force into getting a Masters of the Universe film made to the point where they're uh, bringing in uh, David S. Goyer. Uh, who is the uh, writer of the uh, Dark Knight uh, films for for Christopher Nolan and was the director of um, not only The Unborn, but Blade Trinity. So they're bringing in David, David S. Goyer to, uh, to direct a, uh, a Masters of the Universe film, which, you know what? I'm all for giving someone a shot. I'm absolutely fine with giving him a chance. I think he can... I think he can pull it off. He's done action before. He's done big action pieces. Uh, what I want is I want more of the kind of traditional uh, He-Man Masters of the Universe feel. And and I'm sorry, none of the Dolph Lundgren film. Like, I, I don't want any of the elements. With the exception of if there was one thing I could take from that film, it would be Frank Langella's uh, Skeletor because that was the only thing. Like, that his... On the cartoon, Skeletor was almost comical. Frank Langella's, Skele- Langella's uh, Skeletor scared me as a kid. Like, it was that intense. So, but um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it works out. We'll see if it actually ever happens. I mean, this is one of those, you know, deals that's been in uh, development hell for so long. It's it's it, it may never see the light of day. But, you know, Sony wants... Um, Sony wants some franchises, and this is definitely one that'll work for them if they can get it working. So let's see what Goyer has to do. Now, one of the biggest stories of this week, not only just in um, just in just it, it, like bonkers insanity, and and not in a bad way, but just kind of just out there, just out of left field. But also, you know, for me as a as a as a huge Trek nerd, like I've been a Star Trek nerd, you know, since I watched the original series with my stepdad. Like I, you know, I love Trek. I've watched every episode of every Trek. I even subscribed to uh, to CBS All Access to watch Star Trek Discovery. So it is a huge bit of news that um, that J.J. Uh, Abrams, who is uh, even though he's he's deep in the Star Wars camp and he's going to be writing and directing the next uh, Star Wars film at the after the Last Jedi, so the the last of this particular trilogy, um, he is still a producer uh, for Paramount on the Star Trek uh, series of movies that he um, 
that he wrote and directed the the first two and Justin Lin uh, came in and directed uh, Star Trek Beyond. So it was a huge bit of news when J.J. Abrams and, uh, you know, when the, when it came out, when it broke, that J.J. Abrams and mega director Quentin Tarantino are ba- are creating a writer's room to craft a new Star Trek film. Now, it... I'm a, I love Tarantino films. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people do. I know a lot of people that are just ambivalent. They don't. That don't care. I've always, you know, from the time I was working as a, a a video store clerk when Pulp Fiction came out, there was a there was a a, a palpable love of cinema that I got when I watched a, a Tarantino film. The same way I, I the same. Uh, feeling I got when I watched uh, a, a Robert Rodriguez film or Martin Scorsese or, or Kevin Smith, just just fun cinema. And I, I'm a, and I was a and, and I love indie film like I've always loved indie film. So just as big as Tarantino is and as huge as he's gotten. And so and the fact that everything he's done has been uh, has been for the most part in a, uh, a personal and, uh, just a, a, just a personal story, like a personal vision, like they're, uh, nah, I'm not even saying this right. I think like his films have always been like personal and original. And it's interesting that he's looking to tackle something like this, something like Star Trek as big as Star Trek is. And the fact that, he's a fan actually gives me a little bit of, you know, it, it's it, the initial shock aside, it actually like, I'm, uh, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I'm, I'm stroking the beard. I'm stroking the beard in admiration, in interest. And I'm, you know, it's almost, it's one of those moments where I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm putting my nerd rage in check and saying, you know what, let's see how this goes. It's because I mean he's been he went on the uh, on a Nerdist podcast and talked about like and talked about Star Trek from a fan perspective and he is definitely a fan so it's you know as much as we talk about wanting fans wanting fan directors and wanting dream directors to take on these huge projects I think the initial just uh, the initial negative reaction. To Quentin, uh, to Quentin, even you know, being uh, to this story uh, coming out this week, I, I think hopefully, I think that will die down, and people will look at the story more from a perspective of what if, and you know, and that's kind of the the best you can hope for uh, in this situation. But um, pivoting out of out of news, out of, uh, movies and TV. Let's get into my, my, let's close out with my comic recommendations, uh, for the week. And these comics are coming out, uh, come out on the, on the sixth. So if you're, if you're seeing this there, if you're seeing this and listening to the, the audio podcast, uh, which is going to go up later, uh, later this week, then you, then these books are already out and they're, they're available to pick up right now. So one of the, the first things I want to recommend is uh, Doctor Strange number 382 from Marvel Comics. 
Uh, this one is uh, written by uh, Donnie Cates with art by uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walter. And I loved the, I loved 381 in that, uh, you know, you got Loki as the Sorcerer Supreme and no one believes he's trying to do good, even though he's trying to do good. And just where Stephen Strange is at the end of that issue, um, I made me interested to see what happens next. And it looks like this new uh, this new issue is going to be a confrontation between the former Sorcerer Supreme and the current Sorcerer Supreme. So it's going to be Strange versus Loki. And that's going to be uh, it's going to be a volatile mix. And one of the things I loved about 381 was the dialogue. So I'm hoping there's some some really cool kind of quips uh, between these two characters. I just I want to see I want to see them talk a lot of things because there's a there's a room in the Sanctum Sanctorum that even though Loki is the Sorcerer Supreme, he can't get into this room. And I think that's one of the things that's going to prompt him to go after, uh, to go find Steven. So that's, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, fun. I hope, I hope it's made fun. I hope it's made interesting. I hope it's made cool. That's, uh, Dr. Strange number 382, uh, coming out this week. Uh, the next one is going to be, uh, Captain America, uh, number 696. And this is another, uh, another legacy book. Um, I, it took a lot. Like I, Secret Empire did not, I mean, it, Secret Empire bothered me on, on many levels. And I still read like pretty much every issue. Like I read, I read all of the Secret Empire story and even a lot of the side stories. And the Omega issue did a lot to kind of bring me back because it showed me, because it showed me who Cap is uh, in relation to the to you know Hydra Cap, uh, Hydra Steve versus actual Steve, and this you know journey of redemption for Steve is is fun to read because it is it bringing it back and I think that's one of the things that they're doing with Legacy is they're given a lot of just classic kind of characterizations like re- reminding us why we love these characters so. Captain America 696 is uh, written by Mark Wade with uh, art by Chris Samney. And it's going to be um, Cap versus an all new swordsman. So it's going to be a lot of sword and shield action. And and that's going to be fun. And I, I, I mean, I would definitely recommend picking it up. Now, the next uh, comic I'm going to talk about is from Dynamite, uh, Dynamite Entertainment. And they uh, have... Uh, released and this actually came out last month, but I'm I'm definitely I'm recommending it. I have a review on my a, re- a review on my website, so you can go to uh, superpoweredfancast.com. You can look under comic book reviews, and uh, you can read my current review of this uh, of uh, John Wick number one. Uh, it was written by Greg Pak uh, with art by Giovanni Valletta, and it's it's everything you expect from from a John Wick story. Like it it's. It's some really good action, some really good character development. I love the I love the callbacks to John's uh, to John's youth and how this story is almost him kind of uh, taking care of some personal demons from his past. So that's um, 
So that's why I recommend it. So John Wick number one, uh, Dynamite Entertainment, uh, Greg Pak, Giovanni Valletta, uh, definitely pick that up. And my last recommendation is one that's just in time for the holidays, and that is Klaus and the Crisis in Xmasville. And this one is uh, written by Grant Morrison with art by Dan Mora. What I love about this story is that it's a, you know, it's it's action Santa. I mean, come on. It's it's action Santa. It's a badass Santa Claus, <laughs> Santa Claus, who uh, who has like kick ass missions uh, every year. And this one, uh, it's it's Claus versus a alternate universe evil Santa who has an army of zombie Santas. So I mean, come on, what's not to love about that scenario? So that's definitely one I recommend. And and it's Grant Morrison. I mean, come on. Grant Morrison is, is an amazing writer. He's one of my he's one of my favorites. And I would love to just kind of pick his brain about his process and, and what he thinks about uh, what he thinks about comics and how he writes. But uh, Klaus and the crisis in Xmasville is definitely one uh, I'm going to uh, recommend. And that's it for uh, for Superpowered Fancast this week. Um like I said, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get better at this, and and I definitely want your feedback. So definitely let me know. You can uh, tweet me at Superpowered Fan. Um, you can email me uh, SuperpoweredFanCast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find my articles, news items, uh, all the stories that I've talked about uh, this episode and every episode. Um, my comic book reviews, movie reviews, um, trailers, things like that. You can find all of those things on my website, www.superpoweredfancast, all one word, dot com. Take the all one word out. But uh, superpoweredfancast.com. And you can also read all of my DC Comics um, reviews and other news items because I am the news editor over at the Geeks Worldwide website. And that is uh, the GWW.com. So for the Superpowered Fancast this week, uh, this is Darren signing off. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!